welcome to Emmanuel Baptist Church Paducah's podcast, where each week we share the sermon from our most recent Sunday morning worship service. At Emmanuel, we are a vibrant community of faith seeking to become more mature followers of Jesus. We invite you to join us. All are welcome. Thanks for listening today. Those who fish are known for their tails. And no, I'm not referring to T-A-I-L-S, talking about the T-A-L-E-S. Have you ever heard a story, I have, about the one that got away? If you were only there to see it, it was this big, bigger, this big. When I was a little girl, my dad took us fishing all the time. I learned early on how to thread a worm on a hook, it's gross, measure a fish on a tackle box to determine if it was big enough to take home and fry for dinner that night. How many of you like to fish? Anybody? Oh, lots of fisher people in here. Wow. Well, if you like to fish or some, who likes to eat fish? I love to eat fish. Yeah, more of us. That's right. If you like to fish, or if you simply like to eat fish, you've got something in common with our passage today. Today we're on the sea with professional fishermen, Simon Peter and his friends. For most of us, fishing is a hobby, but not for Peter. Fishing was his profession. It's how he fit put food on the table. So it is surprising on this night, no fish were caught. Can you imagine that? No fish were caught. And what is it like to be a professional fisherman who caught nothing? It's like a lawyer with no clients, a teacher with no students, a barista with no coffee. A fisherman's sole purpose is to catch fish. And that night, Peter came up with zilch, nada, goose, egg, nothing. So as the passage begins, we imagine the fishermen's heads hanging pretty low. Hard work and no results will bring anybody's head down. And not only were their nets empty, they were likely exhausted. Since there were no clean, no fish to clean, no fish to sell, Peter busied himself by washing nets. And this is what I imagine him doing as Jesus showed up at Peter's office. Peter is busy about his daily work, washing nets, which is not glamorous, not by a long shot. Peter is likely removing fish guts, I mean, just to be real, bait and debris to prepare for the next catch or attempt at a catch. I invite you to not miss this detail of the nets. Jesus shows up even when Peter is going about the mundane, the daily tasks of his life. Sisters and brothers, this is a reminder to us, God is always present among us, even in the mundane. When we're going about our daily lives, Jesus is there and he's part of what we are doing. 
when we mow the lawn, when we check email, when we grocery shop, when we watch the Super Bowl, when we eat dinner with our friends and our families, when we teach, when we drive our cars, change diapers, walk to class, and show up to work, God is there. There is this idea out there that God lives in this building. I mean, not just here. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) Just for us, no one else. (laughs) In church buildings, that God, God lives only in a church building and that if we check in once a week and we leave, that's when real life starts. That's when the fun starts. Friends, this is a gross misunderstanding. God is always present among us. God's presence doesn't cancel fun. God's presence increases joy. This is not a scare tactic to say, God is with you, (laughs) be afraid. This is good news. This is good news. The peace of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, which passes all understanding, is with us, even in the mundane, even as we wash our nets. Peter was washing nets as the crowd began pressing in on Jesus. The crowd pressed in on him so tight that Jesus had to search for a new preaching perch. So Jesus saw Peter's boat and hopped inside, creating a makeshift pulpit in the boat from which to preach. Jesus sat down, he taught the people from his boat, and although he finished the sermon, he wasn't finished with the boat owner. Have you ever had that experience? The worship service has concluded, but Jesus isn't finished with you. The sermon is over, the song sung, the scripture read, the Sunday school lesson wrapped up. But Jesus isn't leaving your boat. Friends, this is called conviction, and it is a good thing. And if you haven't been convicted recently, let me invite you to listen louder. When Jesus showed up at Peter's office, he wanted to talk. Friends, Jesus wants to talk with you and participate in what you are doing at home, at school, at work, as you exercise, everywhere you move and live and breathe. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. Friends, this means that throughout the day you talk to God. And you don't always have to bow your head. Sometimes prayer is as simple as thank you or help me or forgive me. I love you. Hold my tongue. Loosen my tongue. Help me be kind to this person who annoys me to no end. In the name of Jesus, please. Other times, prayer is simply listening and being present to God. Jesus wants to talk to you throughout the day, at home, at school, in your office. He is present to you. Be present to him. In verse 4, Jesus looks to Peter and says, let's take this boat for a spin and catch some fish. I've been listening to the message, so I'm feeling kind of loose. Friends, can you imagine how ludicrous that sounded to an experienced fisherman? Peter, Peter, the expert, he had been out all night and he caught nothing. And here Jesus is, in Peter's office no less, proclaiming good news and second chances. 
When Jesus shows up at Peter's office, he invites Peter beyond his failure. The night before, Peter's fishing expedition was a big fat failure. And Peter tells Jesus as much. Last night we caught nothing, Jesus. But thanks be to God, that is not the end of Peter's response. Last night we caught nothing, but if you say so, I will let down the nets again. To recap what Peter is saying, everything about what you're asking me to do, Jesus, reminds me of my failure. But if you say so, I'll try again. Friends, how many of us allow shame or failure or what we perceived as failure to keep us from trying again, to keep us from answering God's call? How many of us, when we fail, give up, take our marbles, and go home? Friends, fear of failure or what we perceive as failure holds us back as individuals, and as a church. One of the best ministry lessons my mentor taught me was to not fear failure when leading the church. Start a new Sunday school class, change up the budget, try a new way of reaching people who aren't here, shake up the Wednesday night schedule, partner with other churches, have a block party, invite people, host a blessing of the animals. If any of these fail, it's okay. Let's try again. Let's try a new way, but don't stand still. Don't give up. Don't quit. Friends, fear of failure holds us back from joy and from God's successes. Failure, as you might know, can be a great teacher. Henry Ford said failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Think about it. If Peter refused, if he refused to let down his nets that second time because of his failure, then how many fish would he have caught? None. Fear of failure impedes our ability to grow, to change, and to move forward. So let's take risks. Try. Put yourself out there for the kingdom. Don't let fear of failure rule your life or the life of the church. Annie Dillard says it's madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. Friends, together, we're going to try some things over the years. Some will work. Others won't. We're going to strike out. We're going to miss the mark. But that's okay. Together, we'll learn, we'll grow, and we'll move forward in the name of God. When Jesus shows up at Peter's office, Jesus gives abundantly. Last night, no fish. But today, the nets are so full they're threatening to break. Last night, empty boat. But today, the boat threatens to capsize due to the weight of fish. Friends, this is a great picture of the abundant life to which Jesus calls us. It is an overflow of goodness. When we're empty, God fills. When we grieve, God comforts. When we celebrate, God puts on a party hat. When we're confused, God listens. When we fail, God says, try again. Friends, abundant life with Jesus is beautiful. And at the same time, it can feel overwhelming. Beautiful, overwhelming. 
When Peter saw hundreds of tilapia squirming in those nets, he fell right down at Jesus' knees. Peter was completely overwhelmed by Jesus' provision. In fact, Peter was so overwhelmed, he asked Jesus to go away. Peter saw his lack of trust in Jesus, and he didn't like it. Peter missed the mark, and it was painful. It was painful. Missing the mark is one way of understanding sin. And it's painful to see our own sin, to miss the mark, to recognize that we've messed up, that we've said the wrong thing or left the right thing unsaid. I do not like admitting I'm wrong. Anybody else? I hate it. And here's what is ironic. As a woman raised in the South, I will apologize to furniture if I bump into it. I mean, I really will. I hate it. You know, some people have a curse jar. Women in the South, we need a sorry jar because we shouldn't. Anyway, that's another sermon. But if I need to make a real apology for snapping at a family member, wow. That's like pulling teeth. Not interested in doing that. I'd much rather sweep it under the rug or apologize to a desk. It's painful, painful to recognize our own sin, which is why we don't much like doing it. It was painful for Peter to miss the mark. When Peter recognized his lack of trust in Jesus in his provision, that caused Peter distress, which caused him to fall at Jesus' feet. This is a beautiful picture of repentance, of Peter wanting to change his ways to the glory of God. That's what repentance is, seeing our sin, our missing of the mark, and wanting to change. And contrary to popular belief, repentance is not about seeing other people's sin or what we perceive to be a sin. Repentance is about reflecting on how we need to change that. That's what the season of Lent, the journey to the cross, is about. Eugene Peterson said the great-great-granddaddy of all sins is the denial of sin, the refusal to admit sin. Friends, are you able to see where you need growth? Are you able to see where you need help or guidance? Am I? Are we willing to change our ways to the glory of God? Romans 3.23 reminds us we've all fallen short of God's glory, but sometimes I wonder if we really believe that. But here's the good news. As soon as Peter fell to his knees, as soon as he recognized that he missed the mark, I love what Jesus said. Jesus reassured him, do not be afraid, Jesus said. Isn't that great? Jesus doesn't shame Peter. Jesus doesn't shame you or shame me. Admitting when we miss the mark, admitting our mistakes, our humanness, our sin, doesn't result in a shaming from Jesus. It results in words of comfort and love. Do not be afraid. Friends, Jesus is ready to welcome us. He's ready to call us to something new. Even though we've failed, even though we're scared, even though we've kept or are keeping our distance from Jesus, friends, he is ready to welcome us with open arms and give us a new call 
which is exactly what he does for Peter. When Jesus shows up at Peter's office, Jesus invites Peter to see his work through God's eyes. Peter, from now on, you will fish for people. From now on, you'll share the good news with the world. You'll trade in your rod and reel for healing and peace. Instead of casting poles, you'll cast a vision for God's kingdom. Your boat will brim with grace and mercy and love for the whole world. The whole world, no exceptions. When Jesus shows up at Peter's office, Peter and the others follow Jesus. The abundance of God The abundance was so compelling, they dropped their tackle boxes and followed him. They left everything, everything, and followed immediately. And not only did they follow, they shared. Friends, those who are grateful can't help but share God's abundance. Sisters and brothers, those who follow and share, let Jesus shine at work at home with friends on vacation, on moody days and happy ones, at school, and everywhere in between. As believers, our nine-to-five is shaped by Jesus, no matter where or how you spend those hours. So, friends, ask yourself, what will happen when Jesus shows up to my office? Let us pray together. Almighty God, we are grateful for your living word, Jesus, your written word, scripture, that teaches and changes us. We thank you for Peter, Lord, who is so human, so like us. Lord, help us to learn from Peter. Help us to be open to your call, no matter what that might look like, no matter how inconceivable it may seem, Lord. And Lord, help us admit and identify our sin, not the sin of others, but our own sin. And Lord, help us rest in your loving and comforting arms. Let us not be afraid. Let us rest in you. I pray all this by the name of Jesus. Amen.